Hey, it's me, Jake. Hello. How are you? Hey, guess what? <laughs> we elected a new president. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You can't believe it. Nobody can believe it. He can't believe it. I think he can believe it now. But uh, I still can't believe it a little bit. I didn't think that was going to happen. It was a surprise. It was a, it was a real season-ending surprise. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to talk about that now because I have a guest this week. Uh, but I'm going to talk about, I'm, I'm trying to, I think I'm going to do a Facebook Live again. Because those are, those are fun to do. Because you can talk to people about things uh, that you want to talk to them about. And you don't have to do it on your podcast. But I would, I would like to, t- anyway, we have a new president. Um, I've got a guest this week. I spoke to him before we had a new president. Uh, and so that's the context of this conversation. So remember back then when you didn't know what you know now? Well, that's the context of uh, my conversation with Dwayne Perkins, who's my guest this week. Hey, if you want to find out where I'm going to be and BTW, I'm going to be in Chicago, I'm going to be in San Francisco, and I'm going to be in Irvine and Tacoma all in December. So let's get together. That's a lot of that's a lot of us getting together. So you only have to come to one of those shows. Uh, go to my website, jakethis.com. You can follow me on Twitter at jakethis, and you can learn about all of those things if you want to know. If you want to know them, you can learn about them. Um, and you can let, let's just, let's all focus in our own way on making America great. Uh, okay. Let's just all, let's all just mind your own business and make America great. Okay. I don't need to know Well, you can feel free to let me know what you're doing to make America great, but it can't be arguing. It's gotta, it's gotta be helping. It's gotta be positive. It can't be arguing. It can't be name calling. can't be crying. It could, there could be a little bit of drinking with friends, drink with someone you disagree with. And uh, try and try and be friendly towards them. See, that's a good way that America could be great again. And uh, uh, so, without further, I'm going to not talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about my conversation with Dwayne Perkins, who's my guest this week. Now, Dwayne is a very funny comedian. And uh, I, if you don't know him, check him out. You can go to his website, DwaynePerkins.com, D-W-A-Y-N-E-P-E-R-K-I-N-S, DwaynePerkins.com. Um, he has got a book called My Book, Hot Chocolate for the Mind. He's got a comedy CD, Dwayne Perkins to the Rescue. He's got another comedy CD called She Ate My Haircut, which I, sounds good. He's got multiple podcasts. You can check those out on the front page of his website. And uh, then you can see what he looks like and you can see where he's coming up to be. Looks like he's going to be for New Year's Eve. He's going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> what? What? That's going to be a pretty great night. Salt Lake City, Utah. Wise guys. It's a fun place. I've been there. I've been there. And you should go there if you're in Salt Lake City. If you're in Tacoma, come see me there. Anyway, Dwayne Perkins is my guest this week. And I think you're going to like listening to him talk. I know I did. And I hope that you do. I'm going to play the theme music. Forget about your troubles. Come on. Let's get happy. Yes, this is the room where my wife doesn't have any control, and that's right, probably right. what's gone wrong in here. <laughs> no, I like that that she doesn't have control. I like, yeah, I, it, I like busyness. A certain like not in life, but in settings. I know that's kind of weird because um, like the other the other part, part of your house is serene. It's really nice, 
and this is really nice in a different way. Yeah, I like yes. it in here, but there's a lot there's a lot going on. And believe it or not, I am always going through this stuff and trying to see what I want to keep or get rid of, or you know, those piles of books. Like books, I love books. Yeah, but they can they're it doesn't seem possible that they could be writing them faster than than you're reading them, but they are. It seems yeah, it seems to be the case, and that's why I think ebooks are. There's something evil and just wrong about ebooks, but in terms of uh, you know efficiency, you can't deny them. Well, the great thing about them is you can have a bunch of them, and no one can see that you got a pile of books that you're not reading. That's true. But That's I go true. into the Kindle app sometimes, and I'm trying to f- find a book that I you know oh I want to go look at that book about this thing right and then I see all the other books that are in there just languishing yeah yeah I I, as I, I get that as well but you can highlight things and, and like literally go to a book and say what did I highlight in this book I'm trying to do that I'm trying to get in yeah. I mean always when I'm reading them I'm highlighting right right but then the going back and remembering to look at them it's brutal but I think at least you have that option, even if you never do it. You should be doing it. You should yeah. be doing it. We all should be doing it. Because you got that stuff. You have that knowledge. You like it. You want to curate it. I was online the other day in the in the, the other house. My wife, I was looking at the iPad, and she said, well, what are you do, doing right now? And I had to admit, I'm watching a YouTube video about how you can make an index for your journal, for your for your handwritten notebook full of notes interesting an index an uh, index like a, a manual go, index yeah or? like you like you go through the journal and then you kind of list topics or or different things like these are joke ideas and then you can put the pages where you have joke ideas in there and these are phone numbers and you can put that so you make a little index at the back of your journal so that then later oh. on when you're like oh that i remember Dwayne came over and we talked about the podcast and I wrote something in my journal about it. So when was that? And then you can find the journal in the entry and write it down and whatever. I, it was, that's I'm am- not doing it. Right. No, I'm that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm not doing it. But see, you gotta, you can pay someone way less than it would cost you an effort. And, uh, this is something that I, I know this already, but it was in that self-help book too. You what can, can you pay you, someone to do? To type in, you know, someone that, like, doesn't have a, a, a horse in the race and is not going to steal any of your ideas or anything. Pay them to, to literally type all of it in somewhere. You send, them, you send them your notebook and you go, hey, type this stuff. Give it back to me in a digital form. So then I can search indexed. it. Indexed. Yeah. And I can search it. Yeah, you won't need an index yeah. then because you can search it. Yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of imperialism. There's people that you can pay what would be like a little like three cups of coffee and just do this for me you're talking about people in some other country maybe or this country with not as many options yes yeah <laughs> yeah well that do you know about that website fiverr i do i do fiverr and there's one called like odesk too yeah have you used fiverr ever i've used fiverr to like promote something meaning like uh what did you do? What did you pay we to had do? A, what I was did in a, you do? I was in a sketch group, okay? Uh-huh. And we got involved with this contest. So we had to, like, make a sketch uh, to promote this product. So it was like a... 
I would say it's a, a public service announcement, but it was kind of a corporate thing. But it was uh-huh. a contest, so they were hiring three sketch groups. They wanted to get the word out on, I'll just say it, on paint recycling. So mm-hmm. we each did, uh, in That's essence... That's a good cause. Great cause. You can recycle paint. If you're listening, I know you don't know this, but you can. Or maybe you do know, but you think it's hard. Don't throw it away. You can recycle it. Don't throw it away. Don't pour it down your yes. drain. Don't, don't yeah. bury it in your yard. Don't do anything crazy. You can recycle it. It, it can become either more paint or it, become, it can become things, right? So we had to write uh, a commercial that I wrote that we decided to do. So the the, the way it works was uh, these three sketch groups who were chosen, I guess, because of what we do, like the quality of our work, but also our reach. We probably all had, you know, reasonable fan bases or whatever. Um, so we each did one, and whoever had the most likes would then get an additional amount of money. So they gave us his whatever money they gave us to do it. Whoever gets the most likes, gets the word out the most, mm-hmm. will get, well, in essence, get paid for it. Because other than that, what they gave us wasn't that much. So it just became who's going to get the most likes. And it felt like the other groups were either really busting their tails to get likes or they were doing what we did. So we went to Fiverr. There was some person or, or entity that was like, you know, you give us this much and we'll just get you the likes. We give you, you give them five dollars or ten dollars and they'll give you a hundred likes or whatever. Whatever or is it, it is. more than that. Wait, more than that, and and it's it's like you don't want to know how they do it, right? Um, maybe people in other countries. I don't know. Turns out the the paint paint people had like uh, enough savvy to realize we were doing this. So like. A few weeks into the contest, quote unquote, they were like, "Okay, it seems like people are buying likes, and so now you got to stop. If you if you don't stop, you'll you know you'll get disqualified." So we had to stop. But my thing is, even if even if the message was getting out there to people in other countries, shouldn't they know they can recycle their paint as well? You, you say, say what I mean? I mean, unless it was all machines. But I feel I- like you're on a little bit of shaky <laughs> ground, and you know it. Oh, but, completely, uh, I know it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I you know. But that's we, some comedy. That's some comedian style lawyering right there that you're but, doing. But also the thing is that we were, and we could be wrong. Maybe the other group was just better at promoting, had more time to just. Well, but we you, thought they were doing the same thing, so that was another thing. Which well, this is a thing that I, um, it's a challenge for me right now as as a comedian who's still doing it and trying to be on social media and do things, you know. They there are decision makers now who look at how many people are liking your Facebook page or following you on Twitter. That's how they decide if they're going to book you on their show yeah. or give you a TV special. And so I had always felt like, well, at least I know the people who are liking me or following me. I mean, you can't help it. There's robots or bots or right, whatever right. they call them, spam follower people. That's going to happen. Some of that's going to happen, but I know most that number is mostly a real number. But I've thought about, I have thought about, like, what, why wouldn't I boost the number? If that's how they're going to make their decision, then I'm incentivized to, I'm incentivized to buy followers. And, and, and in fact, not only is the question, should I doing it, be doing it, the question also is, like, am I stupid because I'm not doing it? Well, it becomes this too, especially if they're not. Savvy. It depends on when. Like once they get become savvy, then it's you know the 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 uh, the, effic- the effectiveness of it kind of goes away. But if they're just bringing up your site, your page, and and they're not doing any investigative work, then yes, you have to do it. And here's why: 
because others are doing it, right? And I'm kind of with you in the sense that I like knowing the people that are with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, it becomes a steroids thing, and uh, like in baseball. And mm -hmm. I like that you... I like that you looked at me for a second and said, I think I better explain this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't do that. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I know like you, but I don't... No, I get it. I don't know your sports thing. Like, right. Comedians either love sports or they like, stop. Get 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 sports away from me. I don't, I don't know where you fall on that. So, Well, let's get to that next. Yes, yes, yes. But go ahead. Let's get to so, the steroids analogy. I blame Major League Baseball for the steroid use. I don't blame any of the individual players mm -hmm. um, only because... If you're getting paid based on your performance, and if you, oh, I could blame the first person who did it, but not no one else after that. If you're getting paid on your performance, you know that your peers are using it, and you know that you have a window to make money, and so to me, it's like you're robbing your kids if you don't do steroids at that point. You're robbing your family if over the course of your career, you could have made 20 million more, and I, I get the... I get the the right wrong. I get that argument, but I, I I'm saying baseball is a physical thing. You only have a certain amount of time to do it. The guy, your peer, is doing it, and he's hitting ten more home runs because of it, and that means ten more million dollars. And so it's Major League Baseball's job to 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 go. Hey, we're not going to allow this. Otherwise, you're making ten million dollars a year less than you could be making. Right. Right. You know? Well. I think the the real argument against it, I think, is just that it can destroy your body. If, Absolutely. If, if you're going to wind up like with Alzheimer's or broken, you can't walk. Absolutely. But then you talk. You, I've heard I've heard professional athletes who are older who are suffering say it was worth it. You know. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So you know, look if if individuals got to make their own. Decisions, right, right. and I'm, I'm okay with the guy who says I'm not going to do it. I'm okay with him, too, because if he sits down with his family and says, you know, I make X amount of money, it's fine for us, and that's what we're doing. Well, but I'm okay with the other guy as well, you know? Steroids are, now we're down the rabbit hole of we're into, the, we're just talking about the analogy now. We're not talking about the thing anymore. <laughs> right, but, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it, right? I just realized what had happened. Right. Um, but uh, steroids are are interesting also because... You could make an argument that you're not, if you if you're using it wisely, you're you're not going to damage your body. Right. And and then the other thing is, if they wanted to stop that, they could be testing. It could be like, hey, every you're going to twice a week, we're going to test you. Absolutely. And if you don't like that, then you can't compete. And I do get that they're always going to be trying to come up with a new designer drug that defeats the test. Right. But, if we're on top of that, if we decide that, hey, this is super important to us, we, we can't, I just can't stand the idea of these athletes doing this, right. then that's what we would be doing. But then what about other, what about supplements like now, like creatine? Hmm? Yeah, where do you draw the line? And people will sometimes test positive because of creatine, something that I can take. Right. Legally, a baseball player is going to get suspended because he takes it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to get us back to the analogy... Major League, Major League Baseball becomes, um, if they don't do everything within their power, obviously they can't ca ca catch, catch everyone, but if they don't do everything within their power to to sort of like make the playing field level, then they're implicit, right? They're, they're complicit, excuse me. Yeah, they're, that's they're what basically, I'm saying. Right. right. And so the industry is the same way where, you know, I was going to say some of these big time guys, you, especially, I don't want to say any name of any personal company, but some sites you go to, 
um, you just know that those views don't seem like a, the right amount of views. So for like a YouTube video, for instance, so it means that they're saying to you, the people that make the decisions, we want to come to your page to, in order to give you this special. It'd be great if you have X amount of followers and we're not going to check if they're even real. You see what I'm saying? So that, so basically, they they sort of are saying that, but they're not saying that. <laughs> right. Well, this is this was my beef about agents. I would go to agents, and it, not so much now, but mm. but not that long ago, five years ago, I yeah. could go and meet with an agent, and they would go, you know, if you want to sell more tickets, what you need to do is be on Twitter. Yeah. And and my thing is like, or they would say, how many Facebook followers do you have? Right. And it's like. If you can't be bothered to know that I'm already on Twitter, and you can't be bothered to right. go on Facebook and see how many followers I have, guess what? I got a million followers. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, so now you're saying, well, you could make that. That could be true. Yeah, they can't be bothered. Now they have to sort of like uh, um, corroborate the the data, so they'll get on and look. But are they going to really look? Are they going to say, oh, half of these people on? On Guam, like what's what's up with that? They're not. And maybe so, I go to Guam. Maybe you go to Guam. Maybe right. they love me there. But they're not going to check. Look, <laughs> if you go to Arj Arj Barker, who's well, yeah, he's great from New Zealand. Zealand. Yes, Australian. I mean Australian. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean he's a star in Australia, selling out theaters. He deserves every bit of that success. He's a super funny dude. Right. But over here, he hasn't caught on like that, and and I feel like I feel like there's there's American decision makers. Who, in their mind, that means, oh, he's not as funny in, his, in America as he is there, and it's like, right. no, he is, he is as funny here as he is there. Absolutely, it's just you're not opening the doors to him here for some for well, whatever silly reason. Well, but what happens is, I think, is that because they're not um, super like analyzing the data and double and really checking it, I think the industry always, the one thing they always do to me is. I don't, I don't know if they don't get it or if they, they purposefully sort of like don't shine a light on this is um, the extent to which they create the trends. Now, I know they're trying to capture trends and, and see what's hot, but they never want to admit that they can literally make something hot. And we've seen that in real life, also in fiction. You know, I love the movies where, you know, like uh, being there, Chance the Gardener becomes, he starts running for office. So... It's a great being there is a great. If you're listening to this and you don't know being there, you should yes. definitely check. That it's out. basically the first Forrest Gump in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yes. better, better, more yes. subtle. Peter Sellers. Yeah, he's I great. Mean, it's funny to me because I, I listen to. Do you ever listen to Tim Ferriss podcast? Uh, I don't think I have, but it's I, a great, Tim Ferriss is the Four Hour Body guy. Yeah, I've read the Four Hour Body, so you should check out his podcast okay. because now he's quite successful. So he gets great guests and he talks to them all I will about. Do that. Thank you about their secrets of their success. You okay. know, like what books they're reading, what's their routine, you know, mm-hmm. w- w- all of that stuff. And and so it, it's really right, terrific. Right. But I'm listening to that podcast and he's having conversations with people sometimes and I'm, I'm amazed because he knows so much, Tim Ferriss. But the other day someone was talking about Errol Morris 
and he didn't know who Errol Morris was. Right, right. You know, so there's great things out there, like yeah, Errol Morris think, movies. I don't think I know Errol Morris either. He makes yeah. these documentaries, okay. and like uh, he made Fog of War, which was a recent one about the Vietnam War, I guess recent, it was a while ago, but that one was an Academy Award notice one. But he, he made one called Gates of Heaven that's a documentary about Pet Cemetery in the Bay Area. Oh, wow. San Francisco Bay Area. Uh-huh. That's really funny and great. That's really he cool. made one called The Thin Blue Line. Right. And they're, they're great films, and Tim had not had not heard of of that and he hadn't heard of some some other kind of things that right, to me right. just being a generation older you know about them so I, that's why i just wanted to pause and tell people hey being there check it out yeah yeah so, absolutely so do you remember where we were can you take i do i do i do absolutely so the extent to which they make the trends so if you flash ahead flash behind flash back before the internet was sort of in every household someone at HBO had to say, who are we going to give a special to? And so it had to be based on something. Was it based on this decision maker or, you know, obviously he had underlings who bought him names, but was it based on who he liked? Was it based on who has literally the biggest physical mailing list of names on a, on a journal? Was it based on, oh, I go to the clubs and this guy's killing it. It was based on something. And if the, if the current thing is based on who has a, just who has the most Twitter followers, but you don't check that, then in essence, if you you give a, uh, an opportunity to someone who doesn't have real Twitter followers, but because of that special, it catches on and they do really well, then you've created that trend. And that means you can always create that trend. And that means you can make that decision independent of how many Twitter followers they have. Well, you can you can make someone who who has some talent absolutely famous, absolutely but they have to have some talent but you can't make someone who doesn't have talent so at we some agree, point you have agree to on decide that. like we agree on that, this yes. person is funny or this person can sing or dance or whatever it is you're hiring them to do right and then yeah you can make them famous i the thing that used to kill me years ago when i was first trying to get on tv in my late 20s and right, right. and 30s and you'd go out and audition for something like a show like friends mm-hmm. and and they would say the feedback would be he's really funny um but we're looking for a handsome guy you know and and it was like <laughs> you know i'm not trying to run myself down but the joke i used to have is like in la when they say handsome guy they're talking about underpants model that kind of handsome right but that's not what they really even mean what they meant is someone who if they weren't famous you'd be interested in and and I'm, I was like, you know, I'm not saying I'm super good looking, but if you put me on a TV show where everybody is acting like I'm a catch, I am a hot guy. Absolutely. That's what Entourage did, right? Like, um, um, Vinny from Entourage, whose uh, real name is, was it, is it Andre? What's that guy's real name? It, it'll come to me. I can't, I, I know his name, but I can't think of it right now. But if you see the show Entourage, the guy with the long hair. Adrian Grenier. Adrian. I know it was an A. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah. So, or Grenier, I don't he know. He has... We, at this point, it's hard for us to even say if he has star quality. I think he's a really, really good actor. He had a really great documentary about, like, meeting his father that I really enjoyed. So I think he's a he's a, he's a really good artist and a talent. Yeah, I think he's kind of a cool dude. Yeah, I do. But, but, but in terms of his star ability, we... Th- the decision to decide that has been taken away from us because they said to us, this guy's a star. And so we said, yeah. Well, not only did they say he's a star, it was we were kind of meant to go. The buy-in was like this guy. You know who Tom Cruise is? In this world, that's this guy. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, 
I, I agree 100%. I think growing up, I don't know what your relationship was to um, basically what you think of yourself in terms of just as an aside and how, how good looking you are. I think it's like wherever you were in, in, in your, in your social order when you were like somewhere between 10 and 14. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're like me, I was never, people were never calling me ugly, but I, I didn't aspire to be, nor was I dubbed the, the heartthrob. Right. So flash ahead to when I'm 20, 30, whatever, I don't think of myself as a heartthrob. But you clean me up, you tell people I'm a heartthrob, they say, yeah, that guy's a heartthrob. Yeah, you know, yeah. so similar yeah, thing yeah. to what you're saying. So um, I think it's like you didn't self-identify as that. And so... I think you could have, and you could have played it, no problem. But I think just in real life, you yeah. didn't self-identify. Yeah, with you're that. right. I didn't, and yeah. especially in my stand-up, I wasn't. Right I, right, I was sort of a nerdy well, you can't guy be who that dressed really eccentric. <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know, you sort of can be now. Nowadays, you can be because you're you right. got, you you're got absolutely like, right. Like, like uh, Dane Cook, Crystalia, Dane Cook. Yeah. Those two guys yeah, yeah. are super alpha. Um, yeah, not alpha in like since they'll beat you in basketball, but just. They own it on They're stage. They're trying to own that. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm good looking and I know right, you want to be right. with me. And I, I can wear a tight shirt. And yeah. It's really amazing. I think that's, you can only do that when women get on board. Young women have to be fully on board because I think older people and guys, they'll, they'll go with whatever the young women want, but typically to sell that, you know? I don't know. For me, I, I get a little that I'm not, that's a, that's a turn off. I mean, not in a, not in a, I'm not gay right, right, right. kind of turn off, but, but, uh, but I like, that's just sort of creepy. That, that whole, like, I know you want me thing. But you know, but, I, I did a show in England once and, uh -huh. um, a TV show there, like a stand up show. And it was one of my, I had a, I had did two sets and one was really good and one wasn't as good. And the one that wasn't as good, I, uh, a girl I was dating gave me a sweater. It was a kind of a tight sweater. And I had like a, a a bracelet, a silver bracelet, and I was just trying to look good. And I just, I guess, I wasn't comfortable. And I looked back, and I was like, I did look good, but I didn't own it. And, uh -huh. I, and from that moment on, I was like, I'm never gonna try to look sexy on stage. It just doesn't work. But it didn't work because I didn't believe in it. That's the main reason it didn't work. Yeah, I see. I've looked a lot of different ways in my career with different hairstyles and glasses and no glasses and right. kind of suits and ties and and. And I definitely kind of got superstitious about it a couple of times, but now I, I definitely feel like now you're right. It's about it's about you in your mind being like this is this is me. This is who I always am, and, right, right. and this is what I'm got. This is what I've got to say. And that's why these guys are like defying that and being sexy, quote unquote sexy, and it still works because they're just mm -hmm. sort of like I'm not apologizing for this. Yeah, I'm just sexy. It just it seems to not go with comedy because funny usually means you know the pies in your face like you yeah 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 but you don't you know, have to be that anymore but i do remember do you remember when joe piscopo got started do you know who joe piscopo i know joe right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 when he started so lifting weights when he started exactly. lifting weights and he got to be just a real kind of bodybuilder looking dude and it was like yeah. that is such a weird combo of of things like a like exactly. a silly funny comedian and he's just you have to have some irony if that's what you're doing you have mm -hmm. to sort of like do something that lets everyone else know oh he knows this is weird otherwise it's just people just don't know what to do with i'm you. gonna say though as a comedian 
buy some Twitter followers, but stay off the steroids. Let's. I agree. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, buy some Twitter followers. Play the game. Don't lift weights. Do some push-ups. Have a strong core. Yeah, stick to body weight. Kind of yeah. do body weight. Maybe some gymnastic <laughs> kind of things. Look, if you're big, you're big, and you don't need to hide that. Right, right. But uh, if you're not, if you're not that jumbo buff guy, right. Don't waste your time in the gym. Oh yeah, and and to as an aside, people who you think of as action heroes, um, when you meet them in real life, they're just. They just they're just ripped guys without body fat. They're not big guys, you know. I was actually talking to a, a woman recently, a black woman, who, and black women, by the way, they they I'm generalizing, but for the most part, they like their men to be men, you know. Like they don't, especially as as they get older, they don't they don't want. I mean, if you're gonna be thin, that's fine, but they don't want any, you know, no metrosexual nothing. They don't want you to be prettier than them, you know. I guess you can be if you're Shamar Moore, but they, they want you to be the man. Like, and so mm-hmm. she was um, talking how she about how she met. I guess, I guess either I guess Chris Evans, right? The guy who's um, and uh, is he the one who plays Captain America? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, the guy yeah, who yeah. plays Captain yeah, America. Yeah. I'll believe that. That's his name. Yeah, I think that's his name. So she was saying how. She met him in real life, and you know, on he has a presence. He's a great actor. He's Captain America. He's super strong, and you know, and she met him, and um, and she's you know, a bit, not not big, not fat, but you know, she's voluptuous herself, mm-hmm. and she just was joking, saying like when she met him, she was like, "You okay, little boy? You want a snack?" Like she didn't look at him as someone to be like, "Oh, he's a heartthrob. I want to date him or whatever," just because uh, because he was, he, he was but, slight. He was slight. Yeah, yeah, I feel like sometimes that. To look that kind of buff the way he looks, he, the camera's the camera's playing some doing some magic. I'm not saying he's not in great shape, but the difference between seeing him in real life or seeing Dwayne Johnson, right? I mean, that guy is for real big. Right, he played Division One football at Miami University. That's a different kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying that to say, even if if a comic wanted to sort of like live in that world of being super in shape, mm-hmm. don't hit the weights and don't do steroids. So. If we're like re- recapping, baseball player absolutely do steroids. Yeah, or whatever you need to do, <laughs> whatever you need to do to be competitive. And I really I'd... feel sorry for the guys. The guys who are on the bubble, whether they're going to make get in or not. You know, if you if you got a chance to be the league leader, I mean, it's it's sort of a no brainer. But the but the guys on the bubble definitely have to take steroids, right? Because what are you going to yes. do? You sell cars, right? Exactly. So it's like sell cars, sell insurance. Or make league minimum, yeah. which is like 400K. You know what I mean? It's a little stressful on your kidneys for a few years, but you can sell cars later on. Yeah. If you play, if you save your money while you're playing, this is exactly. the other thing. Save your money. Save your money. So, like, if you are uh, just making the league via steroids back to baseball, you definitely owe it to your family to do steroids because you, you, you unless you have another way of making 400K, but, I, yeah. you know... 400k you just can't but then you can't hang out with the guys on your team who make 10 million a year and do the things they do yeah, like well when that's that's a mistake that's yeah, happening a when lot. they're making it rain you just be get up one lap dance you know don't go crazy well when they're making it <laughs> rain you pick some of that money pick up the money up, right? <laughs> absolutely um, yes yeah well it's interesting too because we you were talking a little bit about self self-esteem 
and uh, you know just when when you were parking i saw that book in your car what's what's the book so it's you, called you are, you a, are badass. a badass yeah, you yeah. Are a and badass. i and this for, uh, by um, a woman named jen sincero who i don't know sincero i'm not sure if i'm saying her name right but this is the second time i've plugged her book so shout out to her and maybe one day we'll meet and and i i really enjoyed her book i, I read it as a sort of a reference because i'm thinking mm-hmm. of writing something and just um the person who was sort of prodding me to write something said hey re- read this as a as a reference and uh i got a lot out of it um but we were talking about self-esteem my general problem with any self-help and and slightly with this one even though i, th- I think it was very helpful was it's too any most self-helps tend to be too results based you know not process based like there is a process but they almost want to guarantee the results well i think that i think that that's the real problem with our culture right now I, I wanted to say human beings but that's not true it's it's our culture really right, places right. this emphasis on results and then and and not just results but the results that you think are the results and not what the real results are right like, right when i uh years ago years ago i shouldn't have started with years <laughs> Years ago, when I was about to turn 50, is that's the uh-huh. sentence that I just said, and I don't feel good about it. But years ago, when I was getting ready to turn 50, mm-hmm. I thought, um, I, I need to, I, I hadn't been exercising, working out, and I'd gained right. weight, and I didn't feel like I was, it was terrible, but it was like, this is not who I want to look like. And so I thought, right. I gotta, I gotta work out, I gotta do something. So, and that was at a time where P90X was the thing. It was on TV. Okay, yeah, I've on, done P90X too. Me yes. too, yeah. right. So that, that, was my, that was my first step down the road of, I've done a ton of those now. Or maybe we even had this conversation, right? I think, I think so. we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I got it. And I thought the result was going to be, you know, they, they, in P90X, they show you the before picture and the after right, picture. Right, right. You know, and you got to do the nutrition thing too. I mean, I'm not a fitness expert, but I've, I'm into it it's, enough now that I can tell you it's the, it's the most important thing is the is the, the what you eat right yeah. abs abs are made in the kitchen that's Absolutely. the best quote yeah, that I've yeah, yeah. heard like, abs are made in the kitchen you gotta you gotta eat the right stuff that's way more important yeah. than doing the P90X and, and, and if not you, eat as it were the right you, stuff you know yeah I mean? yeah <laughs> you you get a little bit calorie restricted you're eating healthy food go for a walk every day for a half hour get your you know, right. you're going to you're going to you're going to get that result with whatever kind of physical exercise you're doing. But the visual result, that's what the emphasis was all on the visual result. And I felt like the real result when I was done with the 90 days. And the mm-hmm. reason I wanted to keep doing that program and buy more programs after that was the real result that I was getting was I felt better. I felt like right. I could pick up my suitcase and get to the airport or the check-in or or uh, i could pick up my daughter and, and right, carry right. her put her somewhere i could do, i could do all the things i needed to do in my li- in my life and i felt good i felt physically good and emotionally good and and like i was doing the right thing like i felt kind of righteous in my life and i didn't my body changed but but those other benefits that i'm talking about right now those were the real benefits. Absolutely. And the funny yeah, thing yeah. is, everybody who exercises knows that, but nobody talks about it. They sell you on it every time as that visual right, benefit. Right. And and so when you talk about self esteem and the and it's you got to have a you what you want is the process. You don't want to just say I feel I've got self esteem. I need to know what are the habits 
that I need to acquire so I can feel like right. that all the time. And she does a good job of giving you some tools that you can use. I agree with you 100%. And I think the only way she, where like, where she threw me and it's like, okay, am I resisting because somewhere deep in my uh, being, I don't want to, you know, accept my destiny or I've written my own story that this current reality is my destiny. But she got very sort of like, um, I don't know, matrixy, I guess, because she's like, what you want and what you think will happen will happen. And but like, not in a general sense. Like she was like, no, no, like, 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 look at me. Like, like she was through the book grabbing your face saying, no, no, look, I'm not fucking around with you right now. Whatever you want, you can have you. You want to be president of Albania? You can do that. Just no, you have to believe and so that's where I get. Well, you have to believe you can do something before you can do it. Yes, right. No, but she was saying nobody, anything. Nobody's in the NBA right now who who said like uh, maybe I can do it. Absolutely, absolutely. But the NBA is a great example because well, um, there are definitely peop- there are definitely things mm-hmm. that you can want to do that you 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 may get out competed on if it's get into the NBA. That's right, one thing. Right. If it's be with a specific person, you're like, I want to be married to Angelina Jolie. She's just become available. Right, that's who I want right. to be with. You know, that's that's one guy is going right. to get that, or and, maybe and, a lady, and 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 maybe a lady, and it's dependent upon her. You know, but if right. you say I want to make it to the NBA, and you do the process, but you end up playing in the European league, you know. I still call that a win. Yeah, you're a professional basketball player. Or if you make it to the NBA and you're a a, a 10-year journeyman and you never start for a team, but you, you know, you make a million or two a year, this team, that team, this team, that team. I I just, I think we run the risk as a people of like literally making it to the NBA and feeling like a failure. And that's ridiculous. Well, that happens. That happens. A lot. And I think about that a lot because the career sometimes that I thought I was going to have is different from the career that I have had. Right, right. And, you know, you'd never want to be in a conversation where you, you're trying to explain to someone else how you're actually a success. But people but, say, what, where's your TV show? And then, then they put you in that position of saying, uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I you know. Well, you've got to get into how you're going to define your success. Right. And, and I believe you can... You can, I believe to to a real great extent you can get what you want if you're willing to put in the work and devote the time to it. Yes. But then you also might find out that you don't really want you that. Really want I mean, and- look, I don't I don't want to be focused every waking moment in boosting my social media profile and and taking an Instagram shot every ten minutes and or, know, and, <laughs> and constantly writing writing material all day long to and neglecting my family or not having time to talk to talk to a right. friend or go to lunch i actually want to do all of those other things exactly and, and that and i think that's the thing too where it's a self-help book it's not a bible or life manual and some people needed to hear what she says because with from where they're where they're at they need to believe they can do literally anything just to do more than what they're doing and i, I think that's a good thing but my whole thing is, um, and which I don't think she said, but you can have anything, but you can't have everything. And I think that's another thing these mm. people don't focus on. Like, okay, let's say I said president of, of Albania, which is ridiculous. But so 
learn um, Albanian, whatever, and, you know, become beloved by the people. Like, it's like, and to do all those things, you, you, you are going to neglect some other things. And if you're okay with that, then that's okay. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? right. So that's that's exactly where I'm at, and yes. and this uh, this idea that success that we all are accepting this definition of success or or results, right? That the pop culture has said are are success or results, which is the most money, the most fame. Like that is that's that's what. If you don't have that, you should feel bad about yourself that you didn't succeed. Right. And it's like, look. I don't have all of that, and maybe some of those people. I don't. I don't know if somebody who has had a big success, you know, not, you know, like a guy like Kevin James, he's got a new TV show on. He's uh, every time I've met him, seems like a happy, fun guy. Right. But right. I, th- I think I'm as happy, and yeah. I've had as much fun as that guy has. Absolutely. I got a house. I got a beautiful wife. I mean, can I say nice? what city you live in? I don't want to. Yeah, you could okay. say. You got a house in Santa Monica. That's a big deal. It's a nice, it's you know a what nice, I mean? and it's a beautiful house. So yeah, like, you, you know what I mean? I'm happy. I'm happy, yeah. and I and I and I have made choices in my career to instead of doing something that I was less interested in to do something right, that I was right. more interested Absolutely. in, and 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 that may have cost me some fame. Right, you know, right. when I had a chance to to host a. A talk show or something like right, that. Right, and I right. said, "No, I'm I'm really trying to do acting and, right and now." And the weird thing is, is that it's like we live in a country, a culture, a current culture where you present this sort of like um, narrative, you know, that well, you know what? I'm happy where I am. I didn't do these things because X, Y, Z. And it's hard to not, even as you say them, not think, "Oh, these are excuses," you know. But that's where we're at. And, like, is Kobe Bryant supposed to kill himself because he has five rings and Jordan has six? Like, where are we with this? Like, is LeBron a piece of shit because he oh, has three rings? Oh, you know? no. Look, I've had that same... Like, I used to tell people... Sports again. You yeah. know who these people are. No, so I know. Go, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do know who all those people <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. Do we need to explain it to people listening? I think Kobe Bryant and no, Michael they get, Jordan, they get if it. you don't know that. And they get LeBron. I mean, you're just going to have to ignore that that part of this conversation happened if you don't know who yeah, those yeah, people are. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I had I pursued the acting thing, but then I'd always gone back and done stand up on the road, and it's been really great to me. Right. And I would do those interviews. You know, you go on the morning radio to promote your show, right. and the guy's like, "How come? What about your TV show? Did, did you ever feel bad that say you didn't do this or that?" And I would say, you know, look, I love performing. This is actually what I really enjoy doing. I love right, doing right. stand up comedy. I actually kind of like doing it in clubs, or you know, absolutely more, more than, than a giant. Giant yeah, room, giant even venue, though yes. you know, obviously, you make more money the more people are buying tickets. Right. Um, and and it always felt like a ra- rationalization. I could tell people sort of were like, mm, "We're not going to, we're not going to challenge him on this because it's already bad enough that he didn't get to be that." Right, but right. then, then Jerry Seinfeld made the movie Comedian, and he's back out on the road and he's touring. He's doing stand up yeah, dates, yeah. and Reality Check, Jay Leno also doing stand up dates all the time these guys are going back to what you, we never Paul, stopped doing Paul Reiser has had right. two giant TV shows and a movie star career and he's going back on the road right. why are they doing that because they need money no exactly exactly that's a great point and you know what I love about that point is you've just literally wrote written my script for me you know in the event that I don't have a TV show what I can say to radio people I can say like you know 
I can either say my friend Jake Johansson says, or I can just say it and know that I, I, you know that you helped me formulate it. Well, That's the perfect because also when you're at these radio stations, not to cut you off, you're not saying to the local morning radio guy, hey, why aren't you in a bigger market? Don't you want to be in syndication? Wouldn't it be great if you were, you know, doing the L.A. morning drive instead of the Topeka, Kansas morning drive? Like, there comes a point where you can do that to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then then I I was just also thinking, too, there's the other examples of guys. Well, there's Kevin Hart. There's a guy who is a legit movie star right now. Absolutely. He's still touring doing stand-up. True, he's doing arenas and whatnot. Yeah, right, right. but he still likes doing that. Absolutely. That he's doing that. You know? Absolutely. Then you got guys like um, Brian Regan, who's who's toured big rooms. Yeah. Big big venues his his whole career. Then no TV, just right, right. just going out there doing the absolutely, thing that he loves. Absolutely. And but the thing is, even if even if it was just what you had to do, and even if you didn't love it, but it was like, or it, say you liked it, whatever the case, it's like oh. Even if it, it it sort of downgrades itself to just a job, oh, I'm doing just a job that I like where, you know, <clears throat> what, 70, 60, somewhere between 60 and 80% of, of the population are doing jobs they don't even like. And so oh, now yeah. I have to sort of justify myself? Are you kidding me? Yeah, where no. I, I, I at the very least like my job and I probably love my job. I, th- I think some of that, though, especially with what what we do and show business uh-huh. it, on on a, on a level that's not the superstardom show business, that conversation that you're talking about having with people who aren't in show business, mm-hmm. it's more about them needing to feel good about what they're doing yes, than it is yes, than absolutely. it is them needing to run down what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and- it, it, they're just they're just trying to say, yeah, like. Oh yeah, maybe I could have done that, but but it it would I would I wouldn't be as happy as I am now going to work at this job that yeah, I'm not as crazy that's about. True. You know, that's true. I'm, I, I'm not I, crazy about my job, but I have the things that I want, and so they need to they need to not make you look small to make you look small. They need to they need to kind of in their own minds get a perspective on you that makes where they are right, right, feel right. better. Which is which is that's really good because if you don't great. like where you're at, then they can breathe a sigh of relief that they're at their job they don't like. Well, everybody wants to feel good about where they are. Yes, everybody, yes. I hope, wants to feel good about absolutely, where they are. Absolutely. And so I, I also feel like every job has a want to and a have to elements. Every, of it. every, every job. job. Like, yeah, I mean, people in the NBA, they may not want to do interviews at halftime, which is ridiculous. And at the end of a quarter, during the game, they have to stop and do an interview. That's what, that's what they do now. Yeah. That's a have to, right? They would much rather talk to you at the end of the game. They don't even want to do that. They'd much rather just play the game and, hey, we entertained you. Yeah. But there's always that have to. Um, but even inside of that have to, yes, you can find a little bit of a want to. I feel like we're really, you keep putting yeah. me into the sports thing, but the interviews <laughs> sorry. during the I'm game. I'm very much a sports analogy guy. No, so. I get them. Yeah, They're yeah. good. Yeah. But the interviews during the game thing, I would imagine even inside that there's a little bit of a want to because yeah you know you're connecting with you're just connecting with your your friends your yeah. friends are seeing you right, be right, a goofball right. on tv so you get to do that yeah you can put a positive spin on it and 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 yeah you can you can even if you're just talking to yourself when they're asking you about the game you're reminding yourself of oh these are the things i need to be focusing on going into the next quarter going right. into the next half you know and I think what you described of why people say that, I think that's at the very least half of it. 
there's also the thing of like for us to accept um, where we're at and accept how much people like us. And sometimes people say these things because they're looking at us thinking, I think this guy's funnier than the guys that are on TV. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, sometimes that's what they're doing. They're, and so they're, why they're, they're giving a you a weird compliment when they yeah, say Yeah, they're it. giving you a yeah, weird compliment. Yeah. And, and, um, and, then, and that's a weird compliment to take because to fully explain it, you, you have to walk on like some bitter, some coals of hot bitterness. And you don't want to be bitter. So you want to just be graceful, but you also don't want to say, hey, not a, like, because you sound just like me where I, I believe most people kind of deserve what they have. But I do think there's other people as deserving and life is just that's what it is. You know, well, there's talent and then there's luck and right, then right. there's and then there's those other elements that you were talking about, about, you know, if you got the Twitter followers, did you buy the Twitter followers? You know, in a, the way it used to be, the way when I first came to town, mm -hmm the way that the decision makers who would give you the tonight show or, or a special on HBO, the way that they would make their decisions was, was a lot based on who your manager was. And, and then right. that guy in theory is making his decision based on what he sees you doing on stage. But in reality, he's making his decision based on other comics or people right. that he's got as clients who are telling him who are the new guys that are coming up, you know? So, there's always some way that people are making their decision, but the thing to remember for yourself is just because that person decides something doesn't mean that you are what they think. Absolutely, yeah. You know? Absolutely. But that, that, that self-esteem is a tricky one. I, I can't remember the name of the woman I was listening to on this other podcast. She'd had a near-death experience and, um, and, and went on to... to she, it was an epiphany and a change of life thing, but she was talking about self-esteem and loving yourself. And she said, you know, you got to ask yourself, do you love yourself? This woman, every at the end of every chapter, she said, love yourself. Right, right. Yes. And I think you do have to love yourself, but that's such a weird, like... Yeah. When I ask myself, do you, do you love yourself? Or let me ask you, not to put you on the spot or get yes, this yes. too weird, but like if I said to you, do you love yourself, what would your answer be? Um... I would say yes, but the you know the the thing I've always thought in my comedy, I came up with an analogy, a way of thinking that I thought worked, that I thought was a good way to not coddle myself, but at the same time not beat myself up. And um, what I came up with was like my comedy, my confidence, but I think that's another way of saying my love of myself, right? But my confidence, my um, my choices in comedy, I will treat like it's my child. See? So if you have a child that you love uh, unconditionally, you know you're always sort of like, and, and you have a child, I don't, I, I think you do, right? So yes, you, I do. You, you know that you're always trying to sort of figure out, okay, protect the child uh, up to a point where they're ready for this challenge. And then don't protect them from this challenge so they can learn whatever lesson they need to learn. So I treated my comedy like that. So I'm not going to go into this hostile room until I'm ready. But when I'm ready, I definitely should go in there because I don't want to be void of bad experiences. But I don't want to give myself a bad experience that is going to crush me either. And I think that's how you would approach your children. Like, you know, because if you coddle them too much, then you spoil them. Um, but if you put them in situations that are too painful too quickly... You, that you create a shell shock thing in them and you're trying to uh, sort of sp 
you know, find that sweet spot. And so do I love myself? Yes, but not so much that I, 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 I um, insulate myself from all discomfort, you know, and also I don't just sort of put myself in crazy situations. So it's like a, it's a balancing act, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting answer because I, I, you're, you're sort of talking about, you love, yeah. I, you're talking about it in terms of you, do you love yourself and, and, and take care of yourself and what are you going to expose yourself to? And I was more talking about it as a, like, what do you as deserve? A, do you, yeah, do you think yes. you deserve the success that you want? Do you think that oh, you yeah, course, are, yeah. you are the, the, the best okay, you yeah. that you can be? Do you, do you feel like, well, I think so, but I think you can't ask yourself how much you love yourself. And this is where I, I think it's hard for me. And even as I read her at the end of every chapter, simply just write, love yourself. I don't think loving yourself is in a vacuum. You know, like, do I love myself? Yes. Do I love humanity? Yes. Do I love other people? Do I like other people? Do I, you know, so like, I think this idea of that I deserve because the more you think you deserve, you either think that the world is like, we're in the matrix and everyone can be a millionaire, right? Or at some point you think, I deserve a lot more than other people. And is that loving yourself or is that not loving other people? And I get, yeah, I get, yeah. I get the comics mind and, and I know this is what they, they don't want you to do. They don't want you to question. They want you to just claim it. It's yours. Take it. But, and I think that's an American way of thinking, which just doesn't. Yeah, I don't like that greed. I don't like that greed competition, exclude other people kind of right. aspect of it. So, and and I think that that is part of our that's part of our culture, whether it's American or modern or whatever. Right, right. Because I I sort of feel like for me to have my mind right about that success, it's got to be like my success doesn't depend on anybody else getting diminished or right. or less. You know, yes. I mean, I can. I can enjoy the things that I want without anyone else suffering yeah. a loss of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. I heard the greatest quote on um, the show Shameless, which I really like, the American version. It's one show that I like the American version better because um, mm. it was an English Shameless. I couldn't understand him too much, uh, even though I, I typically can. Anyway, he was talking, he was hooking up with a, his professor, one of the characters, and she said, Hey, read Anne Rand. Uh, have you read. Um, because I've read The Fountainhead, but she was talking about the other one, Atlas Shrugged. Mm -hmm. She was like, um, you know, read Atlas Shrugged. It's really interesting. And he, he's just this kid from the street who just happens to be brilliant, the character I'm talking about, called Lip. And he goes, yeah, you know, I don't, I forget what he called them. I, I know they have a name. He said, yeah, those kind of people, they were born on third base. They were born, again, a baseball analogy. They were born on third base, but they think they hit a triple. Right. And I think that, that like, almost had to pause the show. Like, that's amazing. And I think, oh, that's a saying. That's out oh, there that's in a the saying. world. Okay. That's out I, there I in had the never world heard too. it. Like, yeah, no, that's a great one, right? Oh, my God. It blew my mind. Born on third base, and you think you hit a triple. That's what they used to say about W, George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, you could kind of say that about Trump a little bit. And so I never want to be that guy. I certainly was not born on third base. But, you know, in terms of my specific path and luck and talent base, I was dealt... And even being from, you know, uh, sort of a, a bad neighborhood, I was still dealt such a sweet hand, you know? Yeah, look, I mean, we're all born in a 
in a country that's that already, old. if you start at the bottom, I mean, not the maybe the bottom, bottom of right, America, right. but but if you start off, and even near the bottom, yeah. you've got such a greater set of opportunities than if you start off at the top in, right, in right. some other that's, countries. Um, like Warren Buffett talks about the um, the lottery, the just the birth lottery where you're born, and so. I was born with such a sweet hand that I'm like, I, I work really hard. I, I, that's why I always go back to how hard I work. And, but then even that is like, you get caught up in like sort of beating yourself up because it's not even, some things aren't work-based. Like abs, for instance, is diet-based. And then there's those guys, those guys who just, their bodies are just have ripped abs. And yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just their thing. So, yeah, I think um, I, I struggle with loving myself to the extent of thinking, oh, you, you can have X, Y, Z without that much struggle because I fear that I'm going to become entitled. But I think there's a big space between where I'm at and becoming entitled. But yeah, I, I and think, I think that that's think. to equate loving yourself with being entitled is that's <laughs> that's the software glitch because yeah, those two yeah. are not the same. I know, right? but those I'm, two I'm, are not the same. And my thing. Yeah, with, that's true. I mean, I wish the answer to do you love yourself, I mean, the answer should be like, duh. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, we all got to start off loving ourselves. And uh, yeah, it's not. That's not the answer. Whether it's, whether it's because we're fighting that age of, of don't be selfish. Right. You're not special. You're not entitled. You got to work like a gener- hard like- to, get, to get your dream. Right. You know? the, 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 that's like sort of the baby boomers... Right, that software Kinda. that our parents put into yeah. us in my generation to to help us. They thought that was going to help you. Right, exactly. To like, you're not anything until you work hard. Right. And and then you you kind of you still are holding that you're not anything, even though you are working hard and you're getting somewhere. It's like, well, n- now I I am something now. Right. So when I ask myself, do 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 you love yourself? Do I love myself? I wish the answer was like. Fuck yes, right? You know, and it's definitely yes. I love myself. You know, I, you don't run into the middle of the street. I feel you know all right I mean? about myself. I'm not right. beating myself up. I'm not going yes. to bed at night thinking, and and, and I feel bad because I know some people do go to bed at night feeling like, man, I'm a piece of shit and I can't get anything because I don't deserve anything because I'm not any good. Right, right. And I, I, I feel glad and blessed that that's not happening to me, but. Uh, I hope those people, and I hope myself, and I hope you. I, I, I wish I could find a way to just go one click up, you know, yeah, in that loving myself thing. Because I also think how you how you are with yourself is how you're going to be with someone else. Yeah. When yeah. you say to someone, "I'm treating you the best," what you mean is the best that I know. Yeah, that's true. That what I love myself in a sense that like I don't drink or smoke. I wanna give myself a chance to be on a planet as long as possible and as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. So I've been fo- focusing now on my core, stretching, making sure I have a good core. It it always comes back to some sort of uh, approach or work. Um, and I, I I think that is self-love. It's just, it's just a matter of, and I'm, this book, even though I have um, some issues with it, I do like that it's like, love yourself enough to be like, like I would love to live in Santa Monica that, that's a, you know, I don't know when Dude, I can do that. We're going to go walk to lunch. Know? I just saw there's an apartment available 
two right, doors right. away from here. So call them up, see yeah, what it should, costs. Should. See what it costs. Well, I, I would have to rent. I have a condo east of here, like near past the you know Highland Park. So I may rent the condo and rent like rent my condo, so I can rent a condo here. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I have to, and I have a double because I'm born around people who have less than, still more than third world countries, right? But mm-hmm. and so even that. That self-love, there's always going to be that kind of like survivor's remorse kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You got out, and and yeah. do you feel like that you're obliged to send money back or um, help? Sometimes I, I don't feel. I know that would that's crazy because if you can't if you can't swim, you sh- you can't save someone from drowning because you're, right. you're both got to put on your life vest. Yeah, first yeah, yeah. Exactly, help. exactly. So I, I get that. Yeah, I think I do have to help them, but I also think that just um it's almost like um i i'm okay if i you know i know not i can't fix all the world's problems so i'm okay eating a sandwich in front of a hungry person if i have to i'd rather not i'd rather give them half the sandwich but if i have Mm -hmm. to eat the sandwich i don't want to enjoy the sandwich too much you know what i mean like, I just want to eat it and be like, hey, I'm eating a sandwich. I'm sorry, I'm eating a sandwich and you're not. And yeah. I don't want, I don't want to be like, oh. Mm, the analogy mm, sort of falls and, apart the more you think about it. When you first right. say it, when you first say it, it's like, right. yeah, I don't want to do that either. But then the more you're talking about it, it's like, look, it's never going to come up. If there's right, a hungry right. person, you get a sandwich, you're going to go somewhere else to eat the sandwich. Yeah, that's true. You're but, not going to eat it right in front of them. And hopefully you can. Anyway, so we're down the rabbit hole yeah, of the yeah, analogy yeah. again. You're this right, keeps you're happening. Right. Well, I'm going to throw out analogies, and if they don't work, they don't work. So it's better. No, I feel like it was a good one. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, hey, t- well, let's talk a little bit about where you're from, because I, I know oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. about that. So where where are you from? Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island. Is mm-hmm. where, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, from like age five or six through high school, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, but, then, I, but I would go to other parts of Brooklyn, so... My world was Brooklyn, Coney Island, also East New York. Those were my two. And they're both really, back in that era, tough places, yeah. And you were talking about when, when 80s, is that? 80s, 80s, 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then you started stand-up in New York. Yeah, I did, I did. And But as an open micer, and while still an open micer, I ended up moving to Boston. So, oh, so, so that's I'm, a, a, like, I'm like a boss, I'm like a New Yorker who's... A Boston comic, but now I guess I'm an I'm a, I'm an LA comic. You, know? you live out, yeah. You live yeah, out. I've, I've, lived, I've lived here longer than I was in Boston. Yeah. And are you touring the country mostly? I know you do international stuff. Yeah, I do a, we a lot of international about. stuff, and um, yeah, touring the country a bit. And you know, got the new Netflix special, which is well, I guess one of the things I wanted to promote. Just yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. What's it yeah. called? Uh, it's called Take Note. Dwayne Perkins, Take Note. So. Um, Take Note works as its own title in terms of a unique title. But Mm -hmm. once you add Dwayne Perkins, then... You're going to get it. I'm I'm covered based on a title search that I did. If you you just go Take Note Perkins? Yeah, yeah. Or Take Note Comedy? Yeah, if you say Take Note, it should come up. If you say Dwayne Perkins, you got it. D-W-A-Y-N-E. Yes, exactly. Dwayne Perkins. Like the the first, the Dwayne is spelled like the way Dwayne The Rock Johnson spells it. Right. So you, you're on Netflix, you type Dwayne, it's going to be all the rock stuff. You hit a space, as soon as you put that P in there, 
And we should be, then you come up. We should be. Uh, yeah, Do you have a nickname that you're looking to put in the middle of Dwayne and Perkins one day? Oh, interesting. Uh, like a boxer would. Is that kind of well, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson? You could right, be Dwayne, right. the answer Perkins. Oh, I like the answer. Even though you know, obviously, Ivan Allen Iverson is the answer. Um, I is haven't. He? Yeah, he is. I didn't know that. He's the answer, yeah. But he's not playing anymore. No, he's not. But he's just the answer. Um, All right. Not sure why. Uh, Do you want to be the question? Maybe. I like the answer. Wait, what, tell me again what the... Uh, maybe the solution? Is that... Or that doesn't work. Like, Dwayne's just... Dwayne, the solution. Well, I like Perkins. the answer because I just... It came off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it applies to... Yeah. To my feeling about you right now in this yes, conversation. Yes. Thank you. And then, and then, tell me the t- tell me the title of the special again. It's uh, uh, it's Dwayne take Perkins. Note. Take note. And how that came about was Dwayne. Um, take note, Perkins. Yeah. That, take note. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. could do that. I like that. And so, the take note thing was sort of like, I guess this is a self love moment. But it was like take note, like meaning pay attention to me. This is something you want to see. This is going to be around a long time. So. The good thing about when you say the self-love thing, I forget that I am from Brooklyn. So the the good thing is, even though you know maybe there's survivor's remorse, I don't want to be entitled, all that stuff, there's still this sort of like also just absolutely programmed into my DNA is the Brooklyn bragging thing. Just like, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm the best. Take note. Take note. You know what I mean? You know, like Brooklyn basketball, all those things make you mm-hmm. like just brag without any apologies and so it's weird that i have all these things working and so the take note thing is a play on take notes um because of my comedy uh i tend to be explaining things george collins my favorite uh my personal favorite and i tend to sort of have here's a theory that i have i think it's funny you may disagree but after i talk for a while you you will agree or disagree less right Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to I tend to quantify things that are not quantifiable, like, you know, give number. Even in this conversation, I've said, oh, this is 50% that, 30% this, based on nothing. I you, just Well, you're just throwing out an <laughs> estimate in your mind of how right, it feels, right, right? Exactly. And so when I got the space to do the, the special, which... Um, Where did you do it? Uh, I did it in uh, the Japanese American Museum, Japanese American National Museum in Little Tokyo, actually. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. Because my one of my my writing partners, who I write screenplays with, is named Koji Sakai. He he works there. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, head of operations or something. This guy is one of the most remarkable guys you'll ever meet in terms of his his throughput, his bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Because I know he works at the library full time, mm-hmm. and, and you know. I wouldn't even be comfortable saying that given all the other stuff he's doing because people think, oh, you have a job. That means you're not doing these other things. Mm-hmm. But he still has, I think, four movies that he's written on Netflix that have been made, that he sold, you know? Wow. A guy who is <laughs> writing screenplays for films that are produced absolutely also has this day job. Yeah. And I don't know if I can talk it's, about it's, it, but I feel comfortable talking a, to you about it's it. It's beyond a day job. Yes. It's a career. Yeah, now he's he's the he's the main guy, so you know. But he, if things go wrong, it's still on his shoulders. So he may not have to, like, you know, he's not setting up displays. He gets to walkie-talkie yeah, yeah, tell yeah, someone. Sure. But still, he's he's got a he's accountable on a high mm-hmm. level, and um, so and and he writes screenplays that sell. He writes screenplays with me, 
And have you guys written anything? That's um, we gotten? wrote a we just we have a uh, movie we wrote and I starred in called Dying to Kill. And where can people see um, that? Well, we just got distribution, uh, not distribution. Well, we signed with the distributor, and so we're waiting to see where it lands. Okay, well then, yes, yes. see, well this is. You, you can come back and we can talk about that. I would love to. I would love to. That's, well, I mean, hopefully that's, you're just going to be walking a couple of doors down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, right absolutely, yeah. You can have this, Dwayne. You I, deserve to live in yeah. Santa Monica. But the thing is, I think I do. And mainly because... No, I'm telling you that I think so, too. <laughs> right. The way you said that to me was like, hey, right, Jake, right. Uh, I don't know if you believe this, but I think I... No, I well, said to you, you deserve well, it. Well, let me explain why. I mean... There's there's a there's a, a a minus to living in Santa Monica only because it's like from a traffic standpoint. Oh, you know, if you want to get into that, we, but it's beautiful, right? So it's like if you're here, you're here, and so you're not leaving Santa Monica to do somebody's room to do a seven minute sad. And well, that has been that's you know, that's possibly been a, a that's. That's a choice that I made that I didn't understand. But when I moved to Santa Monica, I was making the choice to come be by the beach because it was going to make me happier and pleasant. Right, and, right. And yeah, you fight, you're fighting traffic, but when you're home, you're in a place that you love. To me, it's like paradise here. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I didn't do sets, and I didn't. You know, Silver Lake is the place where a lot of comedians live and where these cool rooms are, and where if I had been there in the '90s, right, right. I, I was these, here instead of these, here. If I'd been in there in those rooms doing sets, I might have had some of the opportunities that happened to some of the guys who were there. And and, and I, I struggle with that because you're in a unique place where you're cool enough, and they look up to you. So just your presence maybe creates opportunities, you know. But you live in paradise. You you and your family live in paradise. It's I, very nice here. It's and, very nice here, and I'm happy. I'm just talking about. Yeah. I'm just talking about <coughs> all those things that we were talking about earlier. Right, 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 like right. W this TV show or that movie opportunity or this appearance on that right, other thing right. or the guest thing. If I had been over there in my face, I was on stage in the contacts with those people who I love and respect, and I right, think that's right. mutual. The, the absolutely, comics from over it's absolutely there. mutual. I mean, Pat Oswald is just a great yeah. guy. Dana Gould. He's over. You know, yeah. those guys over there. Those are guys who came up after me in San Francisco that I loved and I thought we're going to be successful and they've gone on to to be really right, terrifically right. successful and i feel like there may have been missed opportunities because i wasn't in that scene over there at that time i think you know i don't think you should lose sleep about it but it's possible it, but it's i've possible. had so much i've had so yeah. much fun and i've had a great time over here yeah. and now i didn't know that at the time i didn't realize that that's what was going on right or i could have driven over, i could have just said look i gotta bite the bullet i'll drive over there i'll do those shows yeah, but it takes something you out know, of you yeah you know <laughs> yeah so you can do that yeah it takes something out takes of something you out so of maybe you, yeah. you're not doing it i don't know how many times you're trying to jump on stage right, or hang right, out right. now living where you live um but i'm i'm near all that like i'm in highland park which right is, so are you going out and doing three four sets a week um yeah but mainly at clubs like I'm not hanging, um, I like I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of comedy in backyards now. Like that's a big deal. In I've LA. heard about the backyard thing it's, and the garage thing. It gets more. It, there's so much street cred there, where like I joked. I don't know if I tweeted this, but I joked about like it's a segment of LA, uh, uh, a, a geographical location, I think east of Hollywood, where if you're doing with it, the mindset is if you're doing comedy in a comedy club. Um, you're passe. 
you know, it's got to be in the back of something, in a liquor store, in a barbershop, in a backyard. I guess there's so much happening in that space, you know, and uh, I don't do enough of it, but I just do just enough. I mean, literally just enough. It's like calling a girl once a month just to keep it, keep the option. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. Yeah. I, I would imagine those backyard shows are fun, but you know, I just had a Dave Waite who books the barbershop show. Yeah. I heard, heard some of that. Dave's my guy. He does the barbershop girl. Great guy. He's he's in that cool space, you know? Yeah. He's in that world. And, and I loved the barbershop show and I would love doing all those experiences of those shows. Mm. The only thing I would say to those comics then who are judging the comedy club, it's like, hey, I get, I understand what you're talking about about the downside of the comedy club. And maybe they don't think people that, are getting but it just free feels tickets. That way. So, yeah. Well, maybe they are, mm-hmm. or maybe they're not. But the point is, like, what are we all trying to do? And we're all trying to make to to sustain ourselves with our art financially. We want you want to you want to be able, you your dream is to quit your day job. Yes, and and have. And have your creative job be your 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 economic support job. Right. And so, with that in mind, that's the question that I would ask about the backyard show. Is like, how does that work? Not that it has to scale up. Not that I'm gonna. Hey, I want to play somebody's backyard where right. it's a thousand people in lawn chairs. Not right, that. Right. <laughs> but I'm talking about like if, hey. If it's possible for three guys to make a hundred bucks each working in backyards, then that now starts to turn into something that you could support yourself at a at a small level. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. so, but I don't see that happening with that scene because I think a lot of the a lot of a lot of that scene, the the, the those those really cool rooms where the mm. cool comics are going now, I, I feel like it's like the 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 mentality or the zeitgeist or whatever the right word for it is 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 hey. We're cool people doing shows for cool people, and everybody's respecting each other. Right. We don't have a lot of money to pay for things. Well, I'll say two things. Um, someone told me Joan Rivers has this quote, so I attribute it to her, even though I never heard her personally saying it. And she said, you know, um, entertain the classes, eat with the masses. Entertain the masses, eat with the classes. See what I mean? So if you are entertaining the intellectual set 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 the cool people um you know you eat like they eat you know but if you entertain just everyone no no i'm sorry if you entertain the classes meaning rich people there's not enough of them to sustain you and in this case they would be the cool people right right but if you entertain the the non-rich people there's so many of them then you can eat with the rich people you know so yeah, yeah. Well, I'm That's, good. I'm good with that. But in this, in in what we're talking about with these backyard shows, yeah, yeah, you're entertaining these elite people, but they're right. not rich people, but and I'll, so it's the opposite of like you're gearing your show to entertain absolutely. this small niche market that doesn't really have a future that can sustain you. I and mean, then, it's, it's like I thought. I don't think those people who who are doing those backyard shows. I mean, maybe I've got them wrong, right. but I don't think they're dream. No, no, they're not. But it becomes Candyland. It becomes what? Candyland, the, the board game. And finally, I have an analogy that's not sports. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, is like I know Candyland, but it's yes. been so long since I played. And, it, and uh, this and, is the one I need explained. And I will say this: I may be talking about shoots and ladders because at this age, I morphed those two games. Uh huh. Um, okay, so what? One in of, the game in it, your it, dream game, and one of the, one of those games, mm-hmm. you roll a die, uh-huh. you move your piece. And you land on something that I think it shoots and ladders that sort of warps you 
to another realm. It warps you many spaces ahead yeah. of the other people. And so these all, backyard shows can do that now. Yes, so you can't eat off them, but you can warp into was, a writing gig. You can warp into a TV show because somehow the decision the makers right, are in uh, that space. The funny thing is, as I had that conversation, I did the podcast. Do you need a ride? Which is a funny podcast. Okay, Karen cool, Kilgara. Cool. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, and uh, uh, Brainlock. They can't. Chris Fairbanks. They pick people up or take them to the airport, and well, that's it's a my dude. That takes place that's my dude, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. So it's it's great. And, uh, but I was talking to Karen about these backyard shows and I go, well, nobody gets a sitcom from a backyard show. And she goes, no, no, now I'm giving you like the old black woman look mm, like, mm, you know? yeah, <laughs> now, now they do. Well, that's what she said to me. Yeah. I said that. And she said, look, old man, you don't know what you're talking about. Cause now the, the, the new, the up and coming executives and agents, maybe not the main successful development right, guy right. but the guy, the person who's the working ones, the ones, the ones the who's going to get that job next year right they're going to these backyard comedy shows exactly because that's the cool thing so LA which is where, where the, the the decisions that are made for the middle of the country and I don't want to sound like the middle of the country has no say so or anything it's just amazing how many of those decisions are made by people who don't have a finger on their pulse so it becomes a thing again, a thing of creating the the cool thing as opposed to well, to what figure is out. Cool look, thing. if that's what if if that's where you're making your decision is a backyard comedy show, then that's where I have to go. I mean, but no, I'm not. Right. I I would like to do the backyard comedy shows just to see it, and I'm sure they're it'd fun. be fun. Just and it'd for, be, because they're fun, yeah, yeah. But but it's weird, right? You're at somebody's house. It's it's weird. It's weird. And because, is it their friends? Is it open to the public, or is it just kind of their friends that show up? I think it's mainly their friends, but. Um, How do the executives and get and in And that's then? another thing, like, you know, depending on the neighborhood, you don't know who's going to just drift back there. This, you know, now I'm feeling like the older person worrying about things that sh- shouldn't they shouldn't worry about. Well, but, I just want to understand what I'm getting into if I call yeah. up and say, hey, I heard you got a backyard comedy it's, show, I want to try it. It's kind of like mainly their friends, and, um, you know, what I like about it is they're open to all types of material. There's there's not a, a waiter or waitress sort of distracting them, taking their order while you speak. Now, there's no ceiling, so the laughter isn't bouncing off anything. Is it so night? You, usually at night, yes. Usually at night. And um, it's just one of these things where... Do they have a stage, or do you just go um, stand on The up? one I did had a stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was in Highland Park. And so the beautiful thing is these are people who were not embraced by the clubs that embrace us. And they created their own thing. And and so you and I have a unique, you, I think, maybe even more than me, but I think we both have a unique um, status where we're still, in, we're still embraced by those people. Even if we're not the stars of the backyard movement, they still they welcome us with open arms. Yeah, where, they, I, would, I feel like I could reach out, although I, I, I might be getting to a little bit of an age now where the people who know me from... Right, from right. the day uh, they don't, they're, they're, but but even if they don't know you, it's just a conversation. Oh yeah, please, like they're still honored to have you. Where there is a vibe, a feeling that I've no one's ever said, so maybe I'm wrong. But there's a feeling of, well, if you do the clubs, then do the clubs. Yeah, do that. Don't come back here to this thing we've created, this cool movement. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, look, I don't want to steal your time. Right. I I want to come and do your backyard show. But I get it. You made this special thing so you could have stage time. You don't need right. a guy like me who 
gets stage time and has opportunities to work on stuff all over the place right. coming in here and sucking up a spot that that one of you guys or right, girls, right, women, right. men or women want to to use to work on the thing that you're doing. Absolutely. And and I I feel that too. I think it only becomes okay when they invite you and also when you come and um humble yourself by doing not your A material. Yeah, well, my spirit, you know. well, I would be this, embrace the spirit of the thing. It's like, hey, yes. we're working on stuff. We're in a new right, location. Right. You know, yes, I'm not yes. going to come in there and do my le- tight <laughs> right, 10 right. minutes like an exactly. assassin. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So once you... Once I'm going to kill this backyard. <laughs> <laughs> once you get into that flow. So that's why I, I'm... So that's the one disadvantage about coming to Santa Monica. And... um I guess the other thing is just sort of like, yeah, just, uh, but I think when I, when, when you said, I, I'm thinking, have your cake and eat it too, right? And my, obviously, I get it, but I think you should have your cake, eat it, make another cake. You see what I'm saying? So, not exactly. <laughs> Could you put that in a sports kind of a thing? Right. <laughs> so, you're talking about a Bo Jackson sort of thing, right? Where he played baseball, right? And then he also wanted to play football. Well, I'm talking about, no, it's like you create a, a thing for yourself where you have the wherewithal to live in Santa Monica. And that's a beautiful thing. But you also know, or maybe you didn't know at the time, which I think is better that you didn't know. But say, for me, it's like, okay, well, that's a different life in Santa Monica. It's a great life. But um, the grind, as it were, at least the grind as it relates to going to shows may take a make take a hit i can still listen to my set and really be diligent about writing jokes but the grind in terms of showing up shaking hands will dip down a little well the price that you pay though to not have that is you just right. drive you just you just you drive, drive. You just drive but I, and the thing is i know so many people who've said oh i didn't want to move to santa monica because uh, i i i wanted a bigger you know for the same money i could get a much bigger place my answer to that is yeah it's a bigger place than a place that you don't want to be Right. So right. I I feel like that sacrifice, you make that sacrifice oh, yeah. and I encourage you to make that sacrifice because I know that I'm right about that. And then the other thing is like, yeah, you drive over there and you drive back. What I used to when I first moved to town, I was living over in the middle of it. Like I oh, was yeah. I was between um Beverly and Fairfax and um um Melrose and uh the next one down, you know. Uh, yeah, oh, Melrose. The next or one Beverly, down is Beverly. Beverly. I was in that Beverly, Beverly Fairfax and Melrose, uh, La Brea. Oh, yeah. In that That's really area. happening right now, especially Melrose, excuse me, Fairfax and um, Beverly from Cantor's. From Cantor's yeah. up, to, up to Fairfax on Melrose is like the new Fairfax. I know it's kind of weird because yeah. it's, it's very close, but it's, it's where pop up stores happen. Yeah, Kanye yeah. West shows up to sell sneakers and yeah, well, all that's that where I lived when I first came to town. But I felt like I would I would park my car in the middle of a traffic jam and go in my apartment right. and then leave my apartment and <laughs> right, immediately right. be in a traffic jam. Right. And then when I came to the beach, I felt like man, it just lifted. And you look at you look out at the ocean, yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, well, it's only fish out there. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that depending on what your your long game is. I think, um, for me, I'm a New Yorker, so I can sort of thrive under, like, a certain amount of chaos. But mm-hmm. I do think writing, when you open up your laptop and it's like, you're looking at the waves, I think 
I would give that the uh, the nod over my productivity more than like fighting through a sea of traffic and people. And now I'm at a Starbucks or the, the public library, and I'm like about to write, you know. Yeah, well, wait till wait till we go surfing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it's game over, Dwayne. I got you, I got you. But here's the thing, and it goes back to the guilt. It's weird because I like I brag with the best of them. I've become a person who's only because all of LA is pretty good in terms of uh, weather. Santa Monica is, is exceptional, and I'm 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 a guy who just. I'm not only not comfortable, I, f- I feel bad saying this. I'm almost miserable if if I'm in a place that's like below 65 or above 80. And that's ridiculous. You know, like... Now, You're going to love Santa Monica. I know. And I'm, 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 I'm perfectly fine with Santa Monica being 40 and I got a jacket on. It doesn't that's, get down to 40, man. You know, I mean, at night or whatever. And so what I mean is if I then remove myself to literally live in perfect weather, it, it's like... I know we, I know I'm resisting this love thing, but who do you think you are living in perfect weather? And then when you go places, I think, okay, fine. But I know even if I don't complain out loud in my head, I'll complain. And now I've become a guy who can only live in perfect weather. Like, is that who, who I thought I'd be when I was in Brooklyn? Like, when I'm like... You're not a guy who can only live in perfect weather. You're but I would guy, become that. I would become you're that. You're a you guy know? who deserves to live in perfect weather. I got you. It's great. And that goes for everybody listening. So, <laughs> you know, look, I feel like we should go to lunch. Let's do it. Let's All right. Do it. Yes. So I just want to say I enjoyed your company and your comedy when we were working together in, in New York at Gotham. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I... I I d- I, it's hard for me to watch a whole comedy special, but I'm definitely going to check it out. And people should check it out because it's it's really great. What yes. you do is really terrific. And, and thank you, thank you. And it's take note because it's it's lecture hall seating. So how many specials do you see where I'm not on some big stage? I'm on the floor and the people are above me. Well, it's no backyard. Yeah, right. It's no but, backyard. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> not a comedy club. No, it's a small theater. Yeah, it's very so, nice. So um, I want you to move to Santa Monica because. I want to be more friends with you. That would be great. That would be, that I think tips the scale. All right, let's yeah. go look at this apartment. High yeah. five? <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, that was uh, Dwayne, the answer, Perkins. Take note on Netflix. Check it out. Also, go to his website, uh, which I already described to you, DwaynePerkins.com, and you can listen to him talk on his podcast, Off the Top, which is a podcast, but you can see he's tweeted it, and you can click on it. You can listen to it right on his website, which I did before I did this. I listened to a little bit of it, and he's talking about the election of the guy, uh, and you can hear him talk about that. If you, you can talk about it. You can talk about it in your head with him. You know what? We had as much right to talk about this as anybody else because they didn't see it coming, and we didn't see it coming. So we got that in common with the experts. Um, okay, look, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. You deserve to be taken care of, and who better to do that than you? Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Now more than ever, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. We, we got... 
we're looking at we're looking at four years of not giving up together. So let's let's get out there. Let's go make America great right now. Put a little protein powder in it. Hey, thank you for listening. I hope I'm going to be seeing you this December in some of the places where I'm going to be. Go to jakethis.com. Check those out. Check Dwayne Perkins out. I'm going to call him on the phone right now uh, while you're listening to the rest of this. Go be the best. Be the best you that you can be. I don't know why all at once I'm motivational, but I feel like I've got that in me. I feel like I'm not. I'm not your life coach, but uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do the best I can until he shows up. All right, or she. She might be your life coach. She might have a lady life coach. (laughs) That's what I would do if I were you. This has been episode 184, by the way. Hold on, stay strong. It's only a test.